Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is With Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Thursday, September 15, 2022. Dear friends, this podcast began on the second day of lockdown in Italy in March 2020 and has always contained at least a hint of the COVID situation in Italy. That is why I want to open this episode with a sentence that is not about Italy, but about the whole world. Today, the World Health Organization declared that the world has never been closer to the end of the pandemic. Let's hope that we move in this direction. Speaking of COVID, in effect, right now in Italy, all the parameters are falling and give hope. The new vaccine that it has been updated and is also effective against the latest variants of the virus is available. And Italy is recommending that all of its citizens, but particularly those over 60 years of age and those who carry diseases that make them frail, immediately book the appointment to, make, to take this four dose. Meanwhile, new figures for the European economy say that European GDP is up 0.7% over the first three months of 2022, and Italy is growing more than the European average by 1.1%. The Draghi government's performance continues to be outstanding, and the decision to fire Draghi sending home his government continues to be incomprehensible to all our allies and many Italians. And talking about this these days, all the Italian media are busy documenting the election campaign. You know that we don't talk about uh, politics in this uh, uh, podcast, but we are already in the period, the last 15 days before the vote, when election polls can no longer be published. There is little news these days outside electoral topics, but something important happening in the world is being studied and discussed in Italy today precisely with the filter of the September 25 election. It is the gas crisis resulting from the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but the Euro both the European Commission and the Italian government are proposing solutions to reduce gas and electricity consumption in the run-up to autumn and winter, and the Italian parties are divided on this as well. It seems that in Europe we will move toward an obligation to reduce consumption for three to four hours per weekday during peak hours. The choice of hours will be up to the member states. With the new rules, the European citizens maybe will have to review their habits and make choices. Using two home appliances at the same time during some hours of the day may in fact be impossible. It will be necessary to better schedule and not at the same time the use of the oven, dishwasher, washing machine, head dryer, iron and heat pumps that heat homes thanks to electricity. We will get used to it. Billions of people live in much worse conditions. Another international issue that enters very bitterly and loudly into the election campaign is the dossier just announced by the US intelligence, revealing that in recent years Russia has financed and put politicians on the payroll in more than 20 countries around the world. And of course, Italy is among these countries. Obviously, voters would like to know who took this money from Russia. Both for those who believe they would never vote for someone who made decisions not for the good of Italy, but for the good of Russia, and those who believe it is something to choose to vote for that very politician. Yes, it seems impossible, but today in Italy there are also those who appreciate such a thing. No names have been published yet, and it is not known whether they will be released and whether they will be released before the elections. Although one would only have to reread the statements and see the votes in Parliament of Italian parties in recent years to probably get a pretty good idea about this topic. 
The last campaign issue I will talk about today is that of young Italians and their relationship to elections. On September 25, there will be 4.7 million new young Italian voters, but not many will go to the polls, not all of them. The general context in which youth abstention is taking place is also dragged by the gradual estrangement from politics of their parents and grandparents. In 1992, abstainers were 13% of eligible voters. In 2018, this percentage has risen to 27%. And in the last polls, it was 41% of eligible voters who would not have voted if the election had been held that day. Some of them will end up deciding to vote at last minute, but abstention will much probably still be much more than 27% this time. As for young people in 1992, 9% of them didn't vote, a percentage that grew in 2018 to 38%. Five years ago, the reasons that kept them away from the ballot box were that uh, the impossibility to find young candidates they could feel represented by and the absence in the proposed political agenda of the issues they care most about, such as the environment and civil rights. Now, it is the turn of those born between 1997 and 2012, referred to as Gen Z. Suddenly, in the election campaign, the Italian parties seem to have discovered that, that they exist. And they thought, the Italian parties thought, it was enough to open an account on TikTok, which, however, are almost always used by the Italian parties in the worst way, condescending instead of listening, exactly in the way that Gen Z defines cringe, a term by which youngsters indicate what they consider embarrassing done by us, the adults and the old people. Otherwise, almost all parties are proposing to make more debt and spend more, and the costs of all this will end up right on the shoulders of the youngest, who will pay very harsh consequences for the wrong decisions of Italian politics. I give you just one fact as an example. Italy is the country that spends the least resources on universities in the entire European Union. Only 0.6% of national GDP in 2020 compared to an EU average of 1.5%, a figure that has remained virtually unchanged since 2011 for Italy. The same problem can be seen with research. In 2020, our country spent only 1.5% of natural GDP to fund research and development activities, a rather small figure considering that the average for EU countries that year was 2.3%. Honestly, it is very unfortunate that so many young Italians do not take an interest in politics. But it is certainly not to say that they are not understood or justified. I will end this episode with some news that is outside the campaign, maybe something that is not very fundamental for the future of Italy, but as you know I try to find some levity at the end of the episode. The largest cannoli in the world was made in Catanisetta, of course in Sicily. The ascertained and certified length is 21.43 meters, as to say 70.3 feet, which destroys the previous record recording in the Guinness World Records of 5.75 meters. 18.88 feet. 150 people worked at this endeavor, more than 600 kilograms of ricotta cheese, 35 kilograms of sugar, and then cinnamon, chocolate chips, and pistachio grains were used to make it. On a different topic, Italian astronaut Samantha Cristoforetti will soon fulfill the role of commander of the International Space Station. Astro Samantha, as the Italian scholar, will become the fifth European commander of the space station, but the first European female to occupy the position. 
And talking about women, you all know that a few days ago Queen Elizabeth of England sadly died. In Naples, where genius never fails, and more precisely, in the street of nativity scenes via San Gregorio Armeno, the statuette of Elizabeth uh, II appeared with the inscription Addio Regina, Farewell Queen. Besides, our friends in Naples, uh, which as you know is particularly in my heart, jokingly, this is a joke, pointed out to me that in Naples they are always ahead of others. Elizabeth II's successor, as you know, is Charles III, and there is already a Charles III square in Naples, Piazza Carlo III. Of course, this is not the new King of England, but Charles III of Bourbon, King of Naples and Sicily from 1734 to 1759 under the name Charles III. But all jokes aside, it is true that Naples is often really ahead of everyone. In her state, once again talking about women, in her state of the European Union address, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen praised those Italian companies that have changed some important aspects of their production to adapt to high energy costs. These are her words that reward the resilience of many Italian companies and people. Workers in ceramics factories in central Italy have decided to move their shifts to very early morning to benefit from lower energy prices. Just imagine the parents among them having to leave home early when the kids are still sleeping because of a war, the war of Russia and Ukraine, they haven't chosen. This is just one example in a million of Europeans adapting to this new reality. It's all for now, it's all for today. I'll see you next Thursday. My name is Umberto Mucci. Please stay safe and take care. This was with Italian News. Ciao from Rome.